Hello and welcome to the Football Manager Show by The Athletic, the podcast that puts its arm around you and tells you it's all going to be okay, even when it isn't. So far, we've spoken to Miles Jacobson, studio director, about the Football Manager series. We've spoken to Features producer Stephen Davidson about some of the new features of FM21. This week, we're getting into the new game with Dominic Baker. Hashtag welcome, Dominic. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. Dom, what, what's your job at, at Sports Interactive? What do you do? I am the social media manager at Sports Interactive. So me, along with the team, manage all of the social media channels at Football Manager. So I guess you could say that we see what our audience are asking the most and the, the issues or, or the successes that they're having. Fantastic. Well, you, you'll have been getting a lot of mail right now because the beta version is out. We're all sort of feeling our way around it. But if you're anything like me the beta game's never your real game. You know, you, you can try and be like, this is the one, this is the one, I'm just going to have one game and go through it. But whenever the full version comes out on release day, I, I always crack like an egg and start a new game. Um, and that's handy because that's what we're discussing today. <laughs> Let, let's go straight in with, with what I think is the eternal question. Is Football Manager easier when you start with a, a big successful team like Liverpool or is it easier when you start with a terrible team like Southend? It's a good question. I guess it all depends on what you're looking for, really. Obviously, with the bigger teams, the more elite teams, you've got better players, better facilities to work with, and of course, money to spend, which is you know something which we all love to do. But of course, like in real life, the pressure's on from day one. You've got much, uh, much more strenuous targets, more eyes on you from the media as well, more pressure from the players who obviously have bigger egos and bigger expectations of you. Obviously, lower down, you've got the opposite of that, you've got less facilities, less money, but also less pressure perhaps too, less media focus, but the games come thicker and faster, especially this year with you know, the tweaked schedules in real life, um, which have been replicated in the game. So they're both difficult, but they're both different types of playing, so it depends on, uh, on what you're looking for. And I guess these days it's really important how you how you set yourself up at the beginning, isn't it? In terms of those those attributes that you've got, I don't think it's any big secret that if you have really high coaching attributes, you'll be really good at coaching. But I wanted to have a look at, at some of the other ones that probably don't get as much attention. So uh, adaptability, what, what, does, what does that mean if you've got high adaptability? Yeah, so all of the attributes which you choose obviously have a direct correlation to an area of the game as you said coaching directly dictates to what you do on the training pitch adaptability is one example of mental adaptability is looking at your ability to adapt to the situations around you of course so that particularly comes into play when you're moving across different leagues or perhaps you're moving from the bottom of a pyramid to the top um, or of course go into different countries and different cultures and lifestyles and things like that so high adaptability means you'll be the perfect journeyman that is very much the sort of game I like to play you know start off at a team on their knees and then kind of bounce from job to job and, and rising around so high adaptability is important for that one of the other things I do that I really don't want my wife to know that I do is is occasionally like physically scout future opponents by watching one of their games if I do that, does that affect the you know, player knowledge stats and youth player knowledge stats? It might not have a direct correlation to that, but everything that you do does have an impact on the game world that you're living in and that you're creating. So if you find yourself attending different games or attending perhaps one in the international break, for example, the media will pick up on that. And that will be a headline which, if you're a high reputation manager at least, you'll get served. 
So your movements are actually being watched at all times. What you're doing isn't just benefiting you, but it's also benefiting the world around you. And it could spark transfer rumours off the back of that. Are you watching a player particularly? Or as you say, if it's an upcoming opponent, it might then add a bit of fuel to the, the sort of build up to that fixture. So everything you do will have an impact around you. Now, you, you set your stats at the beginning, you go off and you begin your managerial career. But what can you do in the game that will change those numbers? Yeah, so as you say, when you start out, you're given a, a, a number of attributes which will depend on the coaching badges you select and the past playing experience that you select too. So if you want to start at the top of the tree with the most elite, you might be a manager with the best badge and, and the best playing experience. So that gives you just a certain number of attributes to play with that you can then decide to, to spend elsewhere. But as the game progresses, it's all up to you. There's, there's no ability which we think you can hit. You play for as long as you want and of course you gain attributes along the way. Um, each attribute has again set to an area so for something like uh, attacking and defending which obviously uh, lean towards training if training is not something which you're doing directly if it's something you're delegating you're going to find that you're very slow at um, bringing up those attributes because it's not what you're you know giving your manager to do a task to do Um, and so of course each of these areas then are bolstered by what you're doing in the week in between the games essentially is it um because uh, this is something i've always tried to do and i've always hoped it made an, a, an impact but if you are someone who likes managing at the bottom and you give yourself loads of fitness and motivating points at the beginning um that that can help you can't you because all of a sudden you are the fitness coach that you couldn't possibly afford at that level yeah that's a great example what you should look to do when setting your attributes is to try and build around the areas which um which you don't want to delegate. So, for example, there, if you don't have a fitness coach or if you don't, if you aren't looking to delegate that area, then you need to be the man that fills that gap. Um, another example is scouting, for example. If you're happy to let your scouts get on with it and they just come to you with reports, if you want to completely leave that area up to their expertise, then perhaps you don't need to spend your points in player knowledge or youngster knowledge and you can look elsewhere. So it's all about trying to fill the gaps between the the journey you're trying to go on but also the staff that you have at your disposal all right time for a quick reminder that this show is made by the athletic uh, you may remember the athletic from last summer when they caused dozens of the best football journalists in the country to go on twitter and write messages that always started some personal news uh, it's basically the the new mothership of brilliant sports writing and writers get the time and the space and the backing and the faith to just go big go deep go wide go do what they do um and it's brilliant it, it really is i'm not just saying that because they bought my company uh, you have to ask yourself how much would you pay for the best newspaper on the stand right? how much would you pay for that because i bet it would be more than a quid a week which is what you can get the athletic for if you subscribe with this promo code uh, you just go online you go theathletic.com forward slash this is the important bit forward slash fm pod a quid a week forward slash fm pod so subscribe now do remember that fm pod bit because the uh the future of the show does kind of depend on it uh let's get back with dominic from sports interactive talking about setting up your game dom when you're setting up your game what's the most important thing for you oh that's a good question um other than my hairstyles and uh, facial hair <laughs> which of course is a huge part um we actually found that in uh we conducted first time user research fairly recently we found that People spend an awful amount of time uh, creating their managers more more time than we thought, which is quite quite nice to hear actually. 
Um, but other than that, of course, um, I like to try and make sure I know what kind of journey I want to go on first. Obviously, that's kind of the hardest bit. But once you figure that out, it then leads on to sort of the domino effect of everything else that you need to build. So for me, that's, as you mentioned earlier, plenty of chopping and changing. I tend to get bored when I'm, you know, I'm in a season, maybe I've, I've completed my objective straight away. Maybe I haven't and want to get out of there. I like to jump around. So for me, it's important to have many leagues loaded straight away with a big old database that allows me the flexibility to, to hop around. And one of the things, when, when you've got a game that's got loads of leagues on, there's always a temptation to absolutely smash through it, isn't there? And try and just get half a season done in a night, which will be a really long night these days. <laughs> um, but it, it's important to try and just immerse yourself in it and set the game up so that you you can see what's going on around you and you don't sort of lose track with it all. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know we've all been guilty as football manager players of jumping into a save half-heartedly and rushing into it and then you find you get one or two game weeks in and you're not really feeling it you can't describe what that feeling is but it's missing that that special something that that gets you hooked and gets you immersed in it so what I suggest there is to just take your time to work out what team you want to manage or if you want to start unemployed of course and and where you want to go and, and what you want to do and the things the areas in game which you want to spend some time in um, and really do take some time and effort to to get that set up first, and then you'll uh, you'll be plain sailing from there on in. I think there are ways within the game to keep yourself informed, aren't they? That you can you can subscribe for different news feeds to keep yourself abreast of important divisions and important competitions. But but there's other ways, aren't there? Uh, one thing I do is every couple of weeks I go through all of the team detailed stats, just like a quick scroll through, see how teams are playing, see the different styles that are changing. What are the other things you can do just to kind of keep yourself up to date with it as you start? Oh, there's a wealth of different things. As you said, there's um, the game always tries to nudge you in the right direction along the way in all types of areas. So if we use the example of creating our manager that we were talking about earlier, there's handy tick boxes which you can press and they help generate a profile for you that you're trying to go along. And that kind of thing happens right throughout the game. Um, when you're starting out, as you said, again, they'll there'll be news items which ask you to subscribe to the relevant news inboxes so you're getting the right information relevant to your team and your league and um, the area that you're playing at and the level that you're playing at. And that really happens throughout. I mean, another example of that is the, t the tutorial system. If you're new to the game, you'll see them, uh, different tutorials and different game areas slowly be populated in your inbox for the first couple of weeks. So you can slowly get to grips with, with new things and things maybe you haven't delved into too much. Uh, and of course, your staff are there too. That's another really important part. Your backroom team uh, are not just there to, to moan at you when your things aren't going too well or maybe you're playing too many strikers, but they're also there to help you with the background stuff. And again, you need to use your staff to, to do the things which you don't want to do, basically. They're there to help you so you can focus on the areas that are important to you. And this is quite key, isn't it? Because if you're not particularly into training, uh, and I am particularly into the idea of making everyone do a long run, um, if they lose 4-0 at home like my lot did the other day. Um, but if you're not into that at all, you can automate the whole thing, can't you? Absolutely, yeah. We're well aware that there's a, a whole host of things you can dive into, but we're also aware that that isn't everyone's game. And, and Football Manager, more than, than any other game on the market, really, is about you selecting the, the job that you want. You're a manager, but you can dictate how involved you are in any given area. So whether that be you just want to focus on the matches, you just want to pick the start on 11, you can do that. If you want to focus on other things, training, tactics, transfers, you can do that too. It's all just depending on, on what you want and what you're after. 
All right, time to take a quick break and listen to this message about a podcast that actually could come in very, very handy if you take your youth development very seriously. We'll be back after this. I'm Faker Others and I'm here to tell you about the next big thing. Well, actually, this lot are here to tell you all about the next big thing. I think he can go straight to the top and I think the ceiling with him is so high. I do think he's going to be an England international at some point. He's He really is that good. The question is, do you loan them out or do you keep them in-house? People within Arsenal are really, really rooting for this guy. The next big thing is here to tell you about the future stars of the global stage, the next headline makers at your club and give you all the information you need to know so you can impress your mates down the pub. You know, when we're all allowed back anyway. Until then, subscribe to The Next Big Thing so you can be ahead of the game. A bit like the footballers we're talking about, really. That's The Next Big Thing from The Athletic, available now on all podcasting platforms or get it ad-free via The Athletic app. Welcome back. I'm here with Dominic Baker from Sports Interactive. We're talking about actually starting a new save of FM21. We've covered attributes and things like that. And I don't think we need to go too far into picking a team because that's always going to be a personal choice. But if you're again like me and you just love starting unemployed, that's a really interesting way of of playing the game. And it gives you a certain element of randomness. It avoids sitting through pre-season if you want to get straight into it. And I always feel it, it kind of feels more real as well because I always feel very guilty just bumping a manager off you know, before the game's <laughs> even started. It, it doesn't feel very right to me. Tell me about this part of the game and, and, and how best to make it work for you. Yeah, starting unemployed is great fun. Obviously, the only downside to that is that you don't really have the chance to be fussy about which team comes your way eventually in the team which you eventually start leading. Um, but that's all part of it. It's, it's all an unknown. So being unemployed in FM means that you need to take advantage of every opportunity that you have because well, you don't have a lot of a lot of uh, opportunities come your way. So if you're starting unemployed, you need to pay even closer attention to the manager profile that you're creating because this is all that clubs who are looking for a manager have to base you on. You've got no experience beforehand. You've, you've won no trophies beforehand. So you really need to pay attention to the attributes and the profile that you build. But then once you've done that, you need to take advantage of the media opportunities that you get. Uh, in recent FMs gone by, we've added in slowly the to build the unemployed experience, which is added to media opportunities that you get. So you'll find that you're going to get more questions um, from newspapers asking what kind of role you're looking for, what kind of job you're looking for. But also you'll find yourself getting links to far more jobs too. And you'll get asked about those links. And the way that you answer could then hopefully um, lead to interviews perhaps once the club finds out that you're interested. Does that have a sort of exponential growth that, you know, the the more interviews you do, the more you get mentioned with jobs, the more you get mentioned with jobs, the more you get interviews, things like that? Yeah, for sure. That's all part of the experience which you're trying to build. Obviously, the only caveat to that is that it's a fine balance because if you find yourself trying to throw your hat in the ring for every job going, then uh, clubs will pick you up on that and they'll, they'll ask why you're you're sort of touting your name around, basically. Just, just being proactive, sure. I mean, respect. <laughs> or greedy in the of eyes of the board. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there any advantage to doing? And this is becoming a confessional session, but um, I, if if there's, you know, if Everton are struggling or someone like that, and that's a job I think I'm going to have a chance with, I will actually watch a couple of their games underneath their beleaguered manager. Um, is there any benefit to that outside of just familiarising yourself with the misbegotten charges you're going to be taking over soon? Yeah, definitely. It sort of leads on to what we were talking about earlier with one of the examples. 
um, what you do and the movements that you make sort of in between match days uh, will get reported on now. It's a, it's a big feature which we actually sort of brought into this game and, and posted out on our social channels for people to see early. Is that, you know, if you're, if you're looking at uh, different players perhaps in the flesh or you're looking at different teams, a good example is, again, of using the international break. If you're watching England play on the weekend when your team are on, on the break, um, it's just going to fuel rumours and it's going to create headlines and you're going to get asked about that. So if you're an unemployed manager and you're watching a team that you've been linked with, again, it's going to create more opportunities for questions to be asked. And again, you're getting your name out there. And hopefully that will build on to the, uh, the eventual eventuality of a job. Absolutely. But before the job comes the job interview, this feels like the kind of session my secondary school would have put on about 30 years ago. But tell me about job interviews and, and how to do well in them, because sometimes you go for them and you are the out and out favourite. And it's pretty much just a case of turning up and not breaking anything. But sometimes you're very much an outsider. What can you do if you're the outsider to really boost your chances? Well, first things first, all job interviews are tailored towards your profile and your experience. So they're not just sort of standard questions which everyone will get asked. They're all tailored towards your save. So if you've been lacking in in a in an area, for me in the past, I tend to give uh, my assistant the press conferences. In every interview that I've ever had on Football Manager, I get asked, why am I so frosty with the media? And so they're really asking about your weaknesses as job interviews in real life do. And so you need to try and persuade the board either why you want to change your ways and, and why when you take over their club, you you won't do that anymore. Or you stick to your guns and you try and persuade them that your way of managing is the right way and that if they're to buy into you, they need to get on with that basically. Now on this new version, on the beta, I've been playing as Stoke and Stoke have sort of changed their aims as a club from you know, where they were about 10, 10 years ago. And they are very keen on possession football, attacking football, and uh, getting someone in to develop young players. The way I usually play the game, I, I like to manage all levels. I like to manage the under-18s and create some progression. If I've been doing that for four or five seasons with a club and a club like Stoke who wants to, wants to operate in that way comes along, am I more likely to get that job because I'm demonstrably the kind of manager they're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. This is all down to club vision, which is a huge area that which we brought into the game uh, last year. And this is essentially the the key elements of a club which you'll get graded upon. Um, so there are things that are like uh, your league and cup targets, um, but also things like the, the style of football that you play, the transfer policy you operate in, um, and the way that you look towards uh, youth development. So for example, we could take an Ajax who have always played beautiful football, always promote from the youth, but if you as a manager don't adhere to those things, A, you're not going to last very long in the job. But if you're elsewhere, they're not even going to bother looking at you because you're not ticking any boxes. So again, much like real life, um, you need to work in the way that the club that which you want to go into is looking for. And as your career progresses, if it does, if you don't rage quit after six games, which I've, I've done once or twice, <laughs> um, what what is it that determines your reputation? Is it as simple as just, you know, win stuff, reputation goes up? Or is it about ex exceeding expectations? How do you make these career advancements? It's all about success. Success is the only thing which boosts reputation. Uh, of course, some things weigh more than others. Big title, big cup wins weigh more than smaller title and cup wins. Um, but it's not just about winning games or winning trophies. It's also about, in general, overachieving. So that could be with a small team, which are favourites to go down and you manage to keep them up. 
and then you slowly build a, your way up there. So even if you're not winning trophies and winning the big glamorous titles and making headlines, if you're slowly, little by little, overachieving and ticking the boxes from the board, then you'll see your reputation should follow. So that gives you a kind of uh, a Brendan Rogers recovery plan, if you will, where if if you you know, have blotted your copybook somewhat, you could possibly go to Scotland, manage Celtic, win some silverware, see your reputation go up and then get back in at a decent level. Exactly. Yeah, there's always a second chance. Lovely stuff. God knows I need them. All right, so you've set your manager up. You've got you've got through your job interview. You've got your job. This is one of the most important points of any game. What do you do first, Dominic Baker of Sports Interactive? What What's your first thing that you do when you take over a football club? I would say that you should look at your squad straight away to try and work out your strengths and weaknesses there. I mean, when I play FM, I'm all about the transfer market. I'm not too bothered about what happens outside of the summer or January. I just want to try and get some new faces in. So my first thing is to go straight to the team report. Uh, where your assistant and your coaches will give you feedback on the recommended system that they would play, the recommended formation, and also some areas which you need to strengthen. So for me, it's all about recruitment. Um, when you go in on day one, you need to then try and plot out the transfer window, which you get dumped straight into. Um, so yeah, get familiar with your surroundings and your squad. Do you prefer to get in there and cover everything off at the start? Um, which is what I, I tend to do. I tend to take control of absolutely everything and then gradually relinquish bits of control as you go. Or, or do you think it's it's better to kind of lock down the core first of all and then expand into the job? No, I'd agree with you there. I think it's best to try and take on as much as you can and then you figure out the things which you can yeah, slowly relinquish and slowly delegate. Um, it's a great tip for beginners too, of course, because they can then get a feel for all areas of the game before then finding out what's important to them. Usually when I take over a club, I take all the filters off. So I've got all of the players in front of me. Then I order them by wage and start with the lowest and just go through them one by one and hit uh, control and K. So you can make a little note on every single player, just like an initial assessment. And while you're there, you can sort out individual training routines as well and just kind of get a gist of whether they're going to be a part of your future or not. I like to combine this with a piece of A4 paper and a, a pencil and scribble out a kind of constantly evolving team for now and team for the future. Um, and as you go up through the wages, it gives you an opportunity to kind of look at all the crap first um, and and give them a chance to impress you before you start looking at the, the most expensive players and it's for this reason that I don't think my wife really understands me anymore <laughs> yeah it's a great tactic it's a great tactic she's a wonderful woman and extremely patient um as this series unfolds we'll be breaking down this game sector by sector trying to make sense of everything trying to make you the best manager you can be but we do miss things so if you've got a problem and if even Sir Alex Ferguson himself couldn't solve it ask us email me i macintosh at theathletic.com that's i macintosh like the computer at theathletic.com and we'll do our best to answer your questions as this series goes on um a couple of weeks ago we interviewed miles jacobson studio director and we were discussing the idea that you can actually you can actually get a lot better at football manager just by knowing more about football um and you can know a lot more about football by by doing reading um, so one one thing we're going to do on the show as we go through is recommend books that will kind of um, 
kind of open your eyes to different aspects of management um, and, and give you some stuff that, that might inspire you. Um, one of my favorite books about football management is Michael Calvin's Family. It's the story of the year that he spent embedded with Kenny Jackett's Millwall. He is granted the sort of access that most journalists can only dream of. And he absolutely makes the most of it. It's a brilliant book. Honestly, it doesn't matter what your feelings are towards Millwall Football Club. Um, you will actually come out the other side quite liking them. Um, so if you can live with that, that's fine. As we record, um, or at least yesterday when I checked, it was £1.99 on Apple Books and £1.99 on the Kindle store. And that is ridiculously good value for one of the top 10 football books I've ever read. £1.99. I paid a penny more for a bag of Maltesers the other day. And uh, it was a big bag, but they're all gone now. And this book will, will last loads longer. Um, that came out a few years ago. If you, dear listener, have read anything good recently uh, that fits into this, this bracket, let me know. We'll take a look. And, uh, and also, if you are a publisher and you, you have football books that you want to send, that's absolutely fine as well. We'll, we'll gladly accept them. That, that email again, by the way, imacintosh at theathletic.com. Dom, when it comes to you know, extending your knowledge of football or the way you think about it, what, what's been the, you know, the most inspirational book you've read? For me, what comes to mind straight away is Carlo Ancelotti's uh, Quiet Leadership. Uh, Ooh, I've read yeah. that. I read that on a on a holiday a few uh, a few years ago, and all it did was make me want to play football manager. <laughs> and I did not have my laptop with me in Spain at the time. So, if football manager doesn't make you feel like you know an elite manager, I think this book will. Um, it gives you tips along the way, of course, um, that which you can directly bring into any line of work, really, but especially football manager. So that's uh, what comes to mind straight away. That that is a really great book um, because that is that's less of a football book. It's it's it is a management manual isn't it and you know whether or not there's there's a lot that you can take from uh you know ac milan to converting it to you know running your local supermarket i'm i'm not sure but i like the idea that there is um uh yes that is carlo ancelotti's quiet leadership winning hearts minds and matches which is on penguin have a look for that that is a that is a really excellent read Dom, thank you so much for speaking to us today. That's brilliant. We'll be back next Thursday. We'll be exploring a new key concept in FM21. Will it be tactics? Will it be training? Will it be recruitment? I haven't actually decided yet. But if you've enjoyed this show and you want to ensure that there's loads more, the very best thing you can do is subscribe to The Athletic with the promo code theathletic.com forward slash FMPod. Next best, subscribe. And next best after that is just tell your friends, either in real life or in social media. This has been the Football Manager Show by The Athletic. I've been talking to Dominic Baker. Your producer has been Cornelius Mendes. We'll be back next week.